the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Not usually, not most of the time, always. Right here on AM 1420, The Answer. It's a free-for-all Friday, the 28th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Particularly in this next half hour, we're going to go right to your phone calls. What questions do you have? What comments do you have? What subjects or topics do you want to bring to the table? That is what free-for-all truly means. So you tell me uh, what you want to talk about, and we will do it. I did lay out, of course, some of the specifics about Joe Biden's hypocrisy. He, he, he tried to stop... Uh, a black man named Clarence Thomas, eminently qualified for making his uh, way to the Supreme Court back when Biden was a senator. He filibustered and tried to stop uh, an extraordinarily highly qualified African-American female from reaching the uh, second highest court in the land. And now he's Mr. I am the one to advance all of the historically uh, held back races and sexes. I am going to... And by the way, how can... In a, in a time when the word woman is being completely deconstructed, deconstructed and, and not allowed to define an actual biological female, can he declare he's going to put a woman on the court? How do we know it's not going to be another Rachel Levine slash Richard Levine? How do we know it's not going to be a pretend woman? Because that's what you know the, the left has done and continues to do. But at any rate, he said it's got to be a woman and it's got to be black. Not brown, by the way. No, no Latinas, because we, we, we're covering all of the bases here. Uh, Sonia Sotomayor is already on the court. You know, Elena Kagan is on the court. There have been plenty of women on the Amy Coney Barrett's on the court now. Ruth Ginsburg was on the court. Uh, so it's got to be female, but in this case, it's got to be black, too, because we have had black males and we've had women, but never a black female. And what is the next color and race, or excuse me, color and um uh, sex combination going to be? I'm just curious. Will it have to be somebody from the trans community? Will it have to be the first openly gay uh, Supreme Court? It's going to be something as long as Biden, and probably in perpetuity going forward, as far as Democrats are concerned, there's going to have to be new ground broken every single time that there is a a seat on the court. It's time for the first, I think I read it yesterday, Um, Matt Walsh. A conservative political pundit who's just uh, straight up hilarious on Twitter. He makes he makes people cry, uh, but he said it's the year 2022, and there has never been a polyamorous, gender queer, indigenous furry on the court. I hope President Biden does the right thing. Joke if you will, Matt, and it's funny, but um, the reality of the situation is this is how it's going to be forever because it must be. Doctor Albert Moeller said this. Um. 
I think future generations and observers of, of the court will look back and see that Stephen Breyer was one of the last of his kind, one of the last liberals with a capital L, democratically appointed justice of the United States Supreme Court. Why do I say that? It is because I think we can fully expect now that far radical and even more activists, even more progressivist judge, judges are likely to be appointed by Democratic presidents. I'm not saying that just as a matter of inference. I'm saying that because they basically have told us so. And their base makes it necessarily so. You get that? And, and if anything, if there is anything... That should push you, if you're a moderate voter, if you're a centrist, if you're you know always trying to make the choice between the best Democrat and the best Republican, you're not dyed in the wool with either side, you're not tr- truly conservative, tr- conservative or truly progressive, if there's anything that should push you to the conservative side, to the Republican candidate in future presidential elections, if you're an undecided, let it be the court appointments. Let it be. And know that the Republican presidents are going to make appointments based on the most qualified jurists to interpret the Constitution and follow the law. And that Democrats are going to make sure that the people they pick are not, are not dedicated to interpreting the Constitution and following law and making rulings based on law, but that they are going to be appointed based on what demographic they fit. What's their sex? What's their identified gender? What's their, um, uh, what is their uh, color? What is their ethnicity? Narrowing it down to racial and sexual preference, or, or uh, 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 racial and sexual discrimination, is going to harm this court, and thus harm the country, as Dr. Albert Mueller said, literally forever. Forever. This isn't the, the last time that a progressive Democrat president is going to pick somebody based on their color and their gender because their base has basically told them this is what you must do, and they have literally, verbally acknowledged this is what we will do. Okay, you want to get into that? You want to get into any of the stories? Let's do it. We'll go to uh, Medina first, and that's where we find Bob waiting on AM 1420. The answer, thank you for your patience, sir. Go ahead. Um, yeah, th- uh, thank you for your good radio. You know, love listening to you. Uh, you. Real quick, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of time, not much time. Uh, had the usual holiday, uh, you know, at, at my house, and uh, um, Christmas Eve, you know, kids came over, you know, and... Uh, Open up presents, blah, blah, blah. Sunday had a beautiful dinner. Sunday night, I got my first headache that I probably had in years. I don't even get headaches. So I got the headache. Then I got fatigue. And then, you know, it's like, oh, crap, what's happening to me, you know? But that was about the extent of it as far as no fever or anything like that. Sweated a little bit, but did take the COVID test. I had, I was positive. Okay. So, uh, Contacted my in-laws and all that, and my brother-in-law said, yeah, I got it a little bit, and this and that, but, you know, we you know, got over it in a day or two, you know. I have underlying conditions, Bob, I'm overweight, you know, diabetic and all that, but I still got over it. My doctor, when I spoke to him remotely, I mean, he's been pushing me since this happened. Get the shot, get the shot, get the shot. And I'm, I'm a citizen for free speech guy. You know, I didn't wear the mask. I'm certainly not going to get the jab and everything. So, you know, it's gone. 
You know, a couple weeks, yeah. Well, it, so- it sounds like what you got, even though you have, you know, uh, underlying conditions uh, that you just talked about related to weight and diabetes and so forth, um, you got Omicron. Now, the test yeah. can't tell you that, which is what makes this so ridiculous when they try to tell you yeah. Omicron versus Delta versus the Alpha and so forth. But it, but it sounds like what you got was what many of us get every year at about this time of the year, which is a cold. You got yourself a no. bad cold, you had a little headache, a little stuffiness, a little bit of fatigue, and then after a few no. days you feel right and normal again and you go back to work, right? Real quick and then I'll and then I'll let you go. Sure. So anyways, I'm shoveling my snow. This is like a couple of days ago. Feel good, man. I really did. You know that cold air going in my in my lungs a little bit and everything. And just exercising, you know. My next door neighbor. You know, we live like in a cul-de-sac. My next door neighbor, good guy. When I first met him over the summertime, bodybuilder. You know, real nice guy. And instead of shaking hands with him or whatever, when we introduced, I, you know, I gave him a little punch on the chest. You know, <laughs> and he started laughing. So, anyways, we're shoveling in the snow, and then I see him, and I didn't recognize him kind of small. So I talked to him. I says, hey, Mike, you know, how you doing? How's your crystal? Blah, blah, blah. He said, I almost died. He goes, I got the, you know, I got the COVID. Went to the hospital in the Belmont. He goes, three months. He goes, he goes, I was fighting for my life. And I go, really? I says, man, that sucks. And then he asked me, he goes, hey, Bob, did you take the shot? I said, no, uh-uh. I said, man, I'm just, you know, you know, I'm relying on my Lord to protect me. You know, he promised me. Did, did he take the shot? Yep. And the booster. And so, he's pissed. Well, well you know what? Pissed. As he should be. And as should everybody else who has been lied to. And thank you, my friend, for the phone call from uh, Medina there, Bob. As should everybody who has been lied to by the government, by the CDC, by Fauci, about how safe and effective those profit jabs are. You, he, he got double-vaxxed, then took the booster, got COVID, and was hospitalized for three months. You won't hear about it. You won't see that on WKYC, 3 News. You won't see anything of the sort, but if somebody who is considered unvaccinated is hospitalized, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. I'd be ticked, too, if you bought the lie and were either forced by your job or your school or whatever to take the jab, jabs, plural, uh, and then you still got sick, I'd be ticked off too. And I will tell you something else. I'm no doctor, but I can tell you this. If you give me three or four supposed shot, uh, shots that are, excuse me, let me redo that, three or four shots that are supposedly supposed to inoculate me against a virus, and then I get that virus enemy uh, anyway, we're going to fight. Okay, we're going to fight. You're telling me I got to take this thing not once, not twice, but three times and maybe four times. And people are still getting sick. They're, t- they're pushing number four in Israel right now. They're pushing four shots in some other European countries right now. And the uh, uh, drug cartel known as Pfizer is promising three more. Three more. In two months, in March, they say they will have their Omicron variant uh, jab ready to go. Even the Omicron is coming and going like blink that. They're, they're going to have uh, uh, the, the Omicron, Omicron jabs ready to go. And according to the CEO of Pfizer, it's going to be in a series of three. Three Omicron variant jabs. On top of the two original Pfizer jabs you probably already have. And then the booster. Now here comes three more. Now we're up to six. That's a half dozen. What do you think? Should we just go for a dozen? 
if you give me multiple shots that are supposed to be vaccines, which by their very definition mean they are supposed to vaccinate slash inoculate me against a, a, a virus, and then I get that virus anyway, it means you lied to me. You lied to me. It didn't work. It is not a vaccine. I have been taken and played for a fool. And like I said, we're going to fight. You try that with me. And guess what? You, you can't because there are no circumstances. Let me repeat, no circumstances under which I will let them to put one of those toxins into my body or anybody in my family's body. Not that I control my wife, and even my kids are grown adults right now. They've been educated on this. They've studied this themselves. It's never happening. Sorry. Grafton, Ron, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Ron. Hey, Bob. How you doing? I'm doing well. I got a, my side. Uh, I've got two comments and one question, um, right. three different subjects. First one, uh, Supreme Court, Kamala Harris is my pick. I know it won't be Biden's, but I'm thinking Biden is not going to make it another year or two. He is hurting. And I, and I cannot see Kamala as the president. Put her in the Supreme Court. You're going to get a cackling liberal there anyway, just to go along with Sotomayor. So why the heck not? Um, the other question, or the other statement... Hey, hey real quick, Ron, Ron, before you do yeah. Part B of your comments, when you say yeah. that's your pick, that means who you think he'll pick, or is that who you want him to pick? Uh, what I want him to pick. I want her to get out of there. Okay. I mean, she'll do she'll do less harm in the Supreme Court. <laughs> I mean, she, there's going to be a liberal in there anyway. So you right. might as well put I, the I, cackling I, idiot next to Sotomayor. I think that's a key point that not a lot of people are taking into consideration. If she is in this, on the Supreme Court, is it devastating that she could be there for the rest of her life, for 30 or 40 years? Yes, but the damage she can do there would be limited because she's one of nine votes, not the Supreme it. Chief Executive who has the only vote that matters, which, which she would have if she ascended to the presidency because of Joe Biden's uh, unfitness for office. So I think that's a good point. Uh, it, it could be the, the lesser of two evils here. She's one of nine. She can't vote two or three times in a nine-person nine, uh, panel. What, what well, else what, did you what's more, What's more concerning is Biden. He's not going to make it four years. I don't see it. No, I, I agree. Think he's going to have another aneurysm and go down. I hate to say that, but I don't wish it. But uh, he's hurting. Yeah, anyway, no, uh, my other subject: uh, January sixth investigation is nothing more than an attempt to get Trump out of politics. That's all it is. And oh, I'm sure there's you've no doubt probably said it one time or another before, also. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I have, and you are correct. It's why they tried to impeach him even after uh, he was out of office. They tried to impeach him right. because they wanted to make sure that he couldn't run again because they're terrified that his popularity uh, would allow him to come back and defeat Biden You know, in a, in a second time around where they don't have um, universal mail-in balloting and they don't have photo ID and all of the other things that were lacking the last time around. And my other one is a question regarding Nord Stream 2. Why do we have any say in what the Europeans do regarding a pipeline? Have they told us that we can't do the XL pipeline? 
I, I'm just a little bit baffled. I'm a little confused. Well, I mean, the, 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 the bottom line is we're involved, and thank you for the call, Ron. Um, we're involved in a lot of things that the Europeans do because our allied nations are there. Uh, and our allied nations being uh, energy independent or being allowed to profit from energy produced in their country or being allowed to profit from you know uh, energy passing through their country by way of these pipelines does have an impact on us uh, because they are allied nations. Uh, the other thing, too, is if you allow, the reason why we need to have a say in it, if you allow um, you know, dictatorial leaders like Vladimir Putin to control the flow of energy from Europe, you're essentially allowing him to dictate terms. You're allowing this guy to set the international prices. You're allowing this guy to impact, if nothing else, the, the international prices of energy, and those have a direct impact on us, which is why, uh, you know, it's why we have the United Nations, why we have agreements with, uh, European and other foreign countries, um, because what they do impacts us, it, especially in terms of world energy. Look, one would think that Saudi Arabia should have no impact on what we do here in the United States, but when Joe Biden shuts down our pipelines, and when Joe, Joe Biden, um, uh, bans fracking on federal land so that we can continue to mine for the most uh, abundant resource we have, which is natural gas, uh, suddenly the power goes into the hands of OPEC. And then you hear Jen Psaki up there saying, hey, it's not our fault, it's OPEC. OPEC is uh, not releasing more barrels. They're not releasing more energy. There's, there's, they're, uh, uh, they're the ones creating the price spike and so on and so forth. Well, why should the Middle East have a say in what we do here in the United States? Same question you can ask, why do we have a say in what is, is uh, done in Europe with respect to energy? Because it affects the world. And there are agreements with our, with our allied nations, our allied partners, and the United Nations that have to be honored. Quick time out, right back after this. Separating the truth from the lies. In life, there's truth. And tragically, there are lies. Always right with Bob France, giving you only the truth. We shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. On AM 1420, theater. Yeah, super quick here before I go to the next call. Following up on the last caller's question about the Nord Pipeline, this is something I forgot to tell you. Uh, and maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't. Earlier this month, the Senate rejected a bill that was introduced by Ted Cruz that would have imposed sanctions on the Nord Stream Pipeline, Nord Stream 2, uh, by a 55-44 vote, falling short of the required 60. Um, and, and that's extraordinarily important, because Biden has continued, and so have the Democrats, to pretty much allow uh, Vladimir Putin to do whatever he wants. This particular pipeline runs under the Baltic Sea, and it would deprive Ukraine, their government, of lucrative gas transit fees if it ever became operational. And when construction was completed in uh, September, German and European regulators had not yet signed off on starting the flow of gas. And that's where the United States comes in. The United States has a say in that, uh, which they're now saying if Russia invades Ukraine, it is off. And Vladimir Putin will not be able to... Um, uh, generate the profits from this uh, from this pipeline, and obviously some of our allies will be in difficult situations as well. So it's a it's a difficult thing. It's a complicated process. But Ted Cruz tried to get uh, this uh, uh, bill passed that would have imposed sanctions, but of course Democrats have no appetite whatsoever for angering Vladimir Putin, which is interestingly enough just so par for the Democrat course. If Donald Trump was doing the same thing, oh, Trump's in bed with Putin. Trump refuses to harm his good buddy Vlad. 
Trump stood up to Putin. Trump stood up to Xi, uh, uh, Xi Jinping, rather. Uh, um, uh, Trump stood up to Kim Jong-un. Joe Biden, just like his predecessor uh, and former uh, uh, ticket mate Barack Obama, they're the ones who, who cave into the demands of dictatorial leaders and tyrants across the land. They're the ones who cave in every single time. And that's what's happening here once again. All right, sorry about that. Let's move on. Uh, another call about Russia. Charlie, you're on the air. Charlie, go ahead. Hey, thanks, Bob. Good show. Hey, uh, just before I, I get into the Russia thing, uh, last night I'm, I'm switching around Lawrence O'Donnell's show, and he says President Obama is choosing a black woman. You know, and he didn't correct it. So, I mean, he, he, it was probably a mistake, but he said Obama, and he did not correct it. So, I just thought that was interesting. Well, you know why? Because it was probably a Freudian slip. Uh, a lot of people believe Obama is pulling the punch, or excuse me, pulling the strings and making the call on so many of the decisions that are made by Joe Biden. Uh, because Obama was the transformational president who is going to make this country into a socialist uh, dystopia, but they would call it utopia. And uh, he has openly talked about how he would love to have a third term if he didn't have to be in the seat, if he could be behind the throne, uh, pulling all of the strings and making things happen. So uh, it may have been yeah, a fortune so for O'Donnell's, O'Donnell's Yeah, yeah and, and I'm sure he wishes Obama was running. You know. But uh, I'm, I'm listening to, to the Biden. He's picking a black woman. And it seems so racist to even put out the fact a person's black. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Obama, he was half white. Harris, I don't even know what she is. You know, it seems the blacks promote the whitest people they can over and over and over. I, you know, Frank Jackson, our mayor here, was mulatto. You, nobody even bring it up. They just always say you're uh, black. I think, uh, first of all, I think, I think that term is very, very outdated. You probably want to watch yourself there, Charlie. But let me say well, this about uh, that. Biracial. Yeah, by, by that's better. That's better. Um, and thanks for the call. i got to get some other people. Let me say this about that, though, just really quickly. If Joe Biden has you know, a resume of the top, most qualified person to be nominated for the Supreme Court on his desk. And then he has somebody that is far, far less qualified, but still qualified. Somebody who is just makes the cut. They can do this. And he turns away the one that is the top qualified candidate because of the color of her skin. Then he is guilty of flat-out racism and racial discrimination. He is guilty of um, harming the country's best interests because he is not choosing the person that would be best for the country on a lifetime appointment to the court. If he is choosing somebody just on how they look, how they look, he should be impeached. That's my opinion. If you put their resumes and their qualifications side by side, and I don't care if the other person is male or female, I don't care if the other person is black, bright, one, or black, white, brown, or, or green, or pink, or anything else. If he, you bypass the best person for this job who wants to be nominated to the court and give it to somebody who is far less qualified but just barely ekes over the qualifications, then it's impeachable. That's my opinion. I know it won't happen, but that's just my opinion. Steve in column one. Real quick, uh, Steve, go ahead. You want to know why the progressives keep uh, you know, suggesting even more radical stuff after more radical stuff? And and probably the next nominee will, will contain some of that. Is that in, in previous generations... People used to virtue signal or status signal. They'd buy a, a nice car, they'd buy a fur coat, they'd buy a nice house. But this, the, the younger generation of aggressors have rejected all that. They don't even want children, they don't want to drive a car. So their whole thing is, is crazy ideas. 
as status. You know, you come up with a crazy idea, the next progressive has to come up. Their idea has to be even more radical <laughs> or, or, or more crazy than the, the last one as a, as a matter of, like, uh, you know, status of virtue signaling. Yeah, you, you know, you're not wrong. They do. They try to one-up one another, and thanks for the call. Each one has to be a little bit more, as you say, radical than the last in order to keep up uh, with the uh, progressive Joneses. Thank you, my friend, for the call. Let's get a quick time out and do some news. We'll come back. Christina Hagan will join us. She'll have thoughts on the Supreme Court disaster and also another Biden impeachable offense. We'll tell you about that next, AM 1420, The Answer. is the biggest threat to your health. Get your booster of common sense and keep yourself sane. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1038 now. Let's welcome back to our program our regular Friday commentator, Christina Hagen, a former Ohio State representative. Christina, good Friday to you. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thanks for uh, uh, for joining us as always. Okay, Christina Hagen, I know you're not a judge, uh, but let's pretend for a moment that you were. Let's pr- pretend for a moment you have tremendous experience on district federal courts, and you are easily the most highly qualified person to potentially fill a Supreme Court vacancy. But Joe Biden or his staff look at you and tell you, nope, you're not dark enough. You must be darker if you want to sit on this bench. I don't care about your experience. No, 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 no. I'm going to take somebody with less experience if they are just the right shade that we like them. How would you handle that, Christine Hagan? Well, I think it's uh, insulting, degrading, dehumanizing. Um, I'm not, I guess there's not much you can do when these are the people put in power. I would expect our um, Senate to have an immense, scrutiny and the review of this. I mean, they can nominate people all day long that lack the qualities and the legal qualifications, the judicial philosophy necessary to serve on the highest court in the land. Um, But it is, it's clear that they're not going to make that recommendation from this White House. This White House has said long before you or I have even thought about him making this appointment, he declared Um, that he would engage only in identity politics. He would only appoint, and proudly so, a black female, assuming that all black females are the exact same and of the same caliber and quality, educational background, time on the job. I mean, it's it's insulting and patronizing to all black women. It's insulting and patronizing to all women, and it should be insulting to all Americans. You know, we... We had stuff like this in the state legislature where sometimes the Republicans would be trying to keep up with the Joneses on the identity politics. And I'll never forget a resolution passing across our desks in the House of Representatives. And it was something along the lines of, well, we want to recommend, you know, of course, resolutions is doing next to nothing. But we want to recommend that all boards are composed of at least X percentage um, having women on a board in um, businesses in the state. And I voted no, because I thought if so long as that is the attitude and posturing of this body, then I will never earn my right or keep on my own merits. And I will always be considered 
a quota filled. And I think that that is wrong and disrespectful to uh, many women who would have the qualifications and ability to serve on them. They very very well may be black female, but now it is not about that. No, no, you're right, and and it is degrading, and whoever fills that seat is always going to have the stigma attached to her uh, that she is there. She will, she'll never know if Joe Biden thinks that I'm really the truly best, most highly qualified candidate for this lifetime appointment, or if I'm just the one that looks right. And that and that's going to be something she'll question about herself really for her entire career, and that's unfair. And by the way, I want to be clear about something, too. It sounds horrible when I say what I just said, but... You know, it wasn't that long ago, you know, 50, 60 years ago in this country, prior to the Civil Rights Act, um, you know, people said that the other way around. You have great qualifications. You could do a great job here, but you're just not light enough. Your skin is too dark. You can't have this job. And that used to be okay. Well, when we passed the Civil Rights Act, we said, no, that's not okay. You can't tell someone their skin is too dark. In order to take a job, you can't discriminate it against them because of the shade of their skin. And yet here we are 50, 60 years later saying, you better believe we can. It's just that we've reversed it now. Your skin can be too light to serve at a particular post. And if it's not darker, then you don't get the job. That's what I don't understand is the, the stench of the hypocrisy here after passing what is supposed to be equal rights for all. is uh, it's, it's gagging. That's what it is. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Christina Hagen, let's uh, let's pivot to this. Uh, you and I talked a little bit about this last night. Uh, Tucker Carlson did a huge expose on this. So have a lot of other reporters since that time. But I want to talk about um, the border, and we all know that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pretty much teamed up and made it uh, their their mission here to ignore the border completely. Joe Biden has not visited it since he's been president. In fact, he's only visited it once in fifty years of federal politics, and that was a drive by in El Paso. Uh, according to what we've been told, Kamala Harris also went to El Paso, not McAllen or one of the other more seriously um, uh, dangerous areas of the border where the crossings are are so mammoth. So they've decided we're not going to do anything about securing the border. We're going to ignore it and not even make it a part of our press conferences or press briefings. But it's worse than that now, um, Christina. We have gone from ignorance of the situation uh, intentional ignorance of the situation on the part of our leaders to intentionally facilitating illegal immigration and transporting people in the dead of night to locations all across the country. And we're not talking about families. We're not talking about little children and unaccompanied minors that are, we, they've pledged they're never going to turn them away. But we're talking about single adult young males. And here's a story from Fox. Body camera video obtained by Fox News appears to show a DHS contractor trying to keep illegal migrants' flights on the lowdown as they are released into the U.S. The August video reveals the flight full of migrants flew in from Fort Bliss, Texas. Throughout the footage, Westchester County police expressed frustration. They've been given no information about the flights arriving after curfew at the airport, a breach of security protocols. Meanwhile, border agents turned their back to Secretary Mayorkas and accused him of not letting them do their job at the border the video of those police officers literally talking about our government betraying us um are just eye-popping um at least two republican congressional representatives have talked about impeachment and your thoughts are what my thoughts are absolutely i mean they wanted to impeach president trump for everything under the sun if he uh if he needs he was being impeached i mean this is not only a dereliction of duty 
for our president, who people, by the way, they've done a masterful job of making us to believe that he is Sleepy Joe. He is, you know, he's not mentally there. He is fully there. He is fully knowledgeable. He's knowingly aiding and abetting illegal immigration and defying the laws of this country, uh, making the citizens of this country unsafe in their own community. I mean, it's, it's crazy, you know, the same communities where you have to present your papers in order to enter a restaurant, unvaxxed and unvetted um, illegal immigrants are arriving covertly into our country on our dime, um, on the back of our, on the backs of our children. Financially, they're driving down wages for our children, for our current existing workers, for the future of our country in an already hyperinflated environment. They can vote in the, in the, local proximity of New York, and they're devaluing any remaining integrity that might possibly exist in the global elections. They can break the law, and there is no ability to actually do anything about it and hold them accountable, and they're certainly not going to be deported because they're in sanctuary cities. If anybody can open their eyes in the morning in this country and think that our leaders are fighting for us, they are uh, wrong, wrongly and horribly mistaken. I mean, this is Republicans are aware of this. And actually, you know, you and I discussed this in the spring when this all started transpiring. And it was like only a blip on the radar of the mainstream media. You and I had this conversation. We were ready and knowingly um, discussing the facts of the situation that they were busing and delivering people all throughout the country to distort the population of America's cities and um, areas in order to distort the vote. And we knew we could be called racist and bigots, but we cared enough to say something and have the conversation. But the really disturbing part is Congress knows this. Our elected leaders know this. And we're only starting to see people stand up now. But I, I thank God for the courage of these officers, for the courage of our police, for the courage of ICE, who's saying uh, we've been turned into an unofficial travel coordination agency. And yeah. we believe that we are, you know, we are in the crux of knowingly working alongside aiding and abetting illegal immigration is not only dangerous, not only irresponsible, it's illegal and he should be impeached. Yeah. And uh, like I said, at least a couple of representatives, <clears throat> excuse me, have called for it. Republican Claudia Tenney from New York uh, has called for the impeachment of Joe Biden, uh, calling it a gross dereliction of duty. I think you just used that as well. Nicole Maliotakis has also expressed outrage over this. And and what makes it so frustrating? It is it it you know you brought it up. You said the last time we talked about this, it was barely a blip on the mainstream media's radar. It still is. And the difference between then and now is then it was it was families. And, and the argument was from the administration, we can't turn these little children away, and they have to be able to stay with their parents or their guardians or well, who always, knows, their traffickers. That's always a story. Yeah, but this recent video, again, just lines and lines and lines of single adult males without any children. That's what makes this one more egregious, and the mainstream media still doesn't touch it. Adult males with ankle bracelets that... They, I mean, the, the agents are talking to us. They're saying that these are people that have been cleared, who have records of assault, DUIs, drug possession, illegal reentry. I mean, this country is seeing our highest spike of fentanyl deaths um, that we've ever seen. So clearly the drug lords are winning. Um, everybody south of our border is winning, but Americans are losing. So it's time to stand up and fight back. Yeah, and just to kind of throw one more uh, piece into this, I f you feel if you've seen those videos 
from the body cams of Westchester County police officers taken this past uh, August, uh, and you hear him saying, everybody knows what is happening. The government is betraying the American people. They're so frustrated. These flights are landing after curfew, again, so that there can be as little attention paid to it as possible, but the police then have to provide the security. And they're saying, we're doing something that we know we are not supposed to be doing, uh, but the government is betraying the American people. And uh, the former county executive in Westchester County, New York, Rob Astorino, who's also a former gubernatorial candidate, who saw that footage, he's the one, in fact, who obtained that footage through a FOIA request, uh, said literally our government is completely out of control right now. They have lied to us. They have lied to the American people. And they have essentially, Christina Hagan, they've surrendered our sovereignty and security in the same uh, in the same stroke. Absolutely. I mean, this is... This is Saul Linsky-style stuff. They have executed it to the fullest degree, and I hate to say it, but as Americans, we've been quasi-asleep at the wheel. We've allowed for this distortion to take place and for this to happen not only in the dead of night, but also all throughout the day. I mean, these these planes are landing in the dead of night, in the darkness, but we all know eerily that this is transpiring, um, and there are some Americans who are cheering it on, yet our children are going to bear the brunt of a country that once was, and it's it's horrifying. Last thing, uh, Christine Hagan, before I let you go then. What we're talking about right now is why, or one of the many reasons why, the November elections coming up, <clears throat> excuse me, are so crucial. Um, impeachment cannot happen with a Democrat-controlled Congress. Impeachment can only happen if we win this thing in November. Um, and win big. You need a huge majority, uh, and you need a sizable majority in the Senate, too. Probably still will never get enough to get Democrats to come on board and uh, and actually remove a president. But in order to stop this lawlessness from happening, impeachment does need to happen, and we can't do it without winning in November. Do you believe that's why they have fought so hard to blow up the filibuster that they used to defend in order to get the Federal Voting Rights Act passed. It's not just about uh, uh, votes or even winning future election, elections. It's about protecting this president from a, Demo- or from a Republican-controlled Congress that will indeed return fire uh, that the Democrats had launched at President Trump by impeaching over these offenses. Oh, unquestionably, Bob. I mean, it's the same reason we're seeing the fire briar Uh, campaign going on. Is there even really any reason for him to step down other than to ensure certainty of control of the Democrat Party, uh, to ensure protection of what they vowed to accomplish? Um, It's it's pretty clear these people are not independent operators. Uh, Obviously, obviously, they want to do exactly that. Christina Hagan, former Ohio State representative, joining us with her regular terrific political commentary. Christina, I know you're very busy. Uh, Thank you so much for taking a little time out to talk with us. We always appreciate it, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's Christina Hagan. She's she's terrific. She's terrific. By the way, she's a great follow on social media, too. That's one of the reasons I started having her on. Every time I would see her social media posts, I would be sharing them and saying, right on, right on. She always has, or rather is always on point, which is why I said we need to bring you to the radio. So we really enjoy that. 1052, got time for a few more questions or comments. Last calls of the day coming up on AM 1420, The Answer.
60% of the time, it works every time. Always right with Bob France. That doesn't make sense. On AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 10.55, got time for a couple more before the top of the hour. Appreciate you being with us. Hope you got a good weekend planned. It looks, is it still snowing? Yeah, it's coming down pretty good, actually, right now. So uh, drive safely as well. Let's uh, go to Fairview Park and say hello to Mark on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Mark. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. You know, uh, I wanted to comment on uh, last week. You, I think you were national, and you had a guy call in. He was from uh, Mike or something from Chicago, and he had his talking points that he probably got off of MSNBC. But uh, first question dealt with the uh, uh, the great economy that Biden was forming and that, and you stopped that guy right in his tracks. Oh, I remember that call. And, yeah. Yeah. It, the, guy, the guy just immediately, yeah, that was great. That you hauled on him right there, and that's where the guy dissolved. Uh, the other interviews he had, the, uh, like the Gonzalez interview, that was a cakewalk for you. This guy was pathetic and his voting ha- uh, behavior <laughs> traitorous. But with Timken, that that I love that one because your interview was a masterpiece. No matter how she tried to sneak around your questions, Bob France, the master interviewer, he put the brakes on and refused <laughs> to move on until you received an acceptable answer, if she was even capable of that. Uh, it was no, no powder puff questions or anything like that. Great performance, and it was really a great, enlightening interview to myself. And I thank you for wow. that, Bob. Thank you Take for care. that comment. I appreciate it. We'll send you that check as soon as we can. Appreciate that. Um, no, look, in all seriousness, um, that caller, he was talking about when I was on the Prager show, I believe it was, uh, last week. I had Elder this week. Anyway, um, yeah, a guy was bragging about Biden's uh, record job creation in the, in the first year. And uh, I, it's, just, it's, just such a, it's such a tired talking point that they use. When blue state governors primarily, including some red state governors like Mike DeWine, all across this country, lock people out of their jobs, forced layoffs, forced massive um, unemployment benefits and supplements because they're not allowed to go to work, and then their businesses close for, for the duration of the lockdowns, and you have a massive number of unemployed people because of COVID. And then in the following year, in 2021, you start to open those businesses back up and people go back to work. The economy records those as jobs created. But those aren't jobs created. These are people going back to work when they got laid off because of COVID. Job creation is supposed to be when you have a normal, stable economy, and it is growing because of manufacturing being expanded, retailers being expanded, service industries being expanded, and, and employers need to hire more. It's not people finally returning to work after long months of, of unemployment and unemployment sup, uh, supplemental benefits coming their way and stimulus funds. So that had to be done. As for the rest of it, you know, some of the interviews, uh, and I remember the Jane Timken interview very, very well. Uh, I went into it with an open mind, uh, but when I get lied to during an interview and I know it, I'm going to call her on it. And she lied to me about several things, about her comments about Anthony Gonzalez's vote to impeach Donald Trump, uh, lied about her support for John Kasich, lied about never donating to John Kasich's campaign. She did uh, the max amount. When I hear those things, I'm going to call them out on it. And I don't care if I'm talking to Jane Timken, Anthony Gonzalez, uh, or Josh Mandel, or Donald Trump himself. If I have something that is not right, and I get an answer that I know to be dishonest, I'm not going to let my listeners just sit here and absorb the, the lies without telling the truth. That's the way it works. 
Thanks to everybody being a part of the show today. Thanks to my guests, including uh, uh, John Malcolm and Christina Hagen. Thanks to Marcy. Thanks to Jonathan. And thanks to you for listening. By the way, don't forget, you can get me on social media. I'm getting away from the Twitters and Facebooks. Find me on the Getter uh, app, G-E-T-T-R. I am always right, W-H-K, there. And I'm always right here, too. Let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 